The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Straight cash, homie. Would you please break the damn storm? He took it out. PFTOT Monday edition. This is the post-PFT Live program in which we talk about either something we didn't get to during PFT Live or something we would like to talk about in more detail. And Chris, you impressed me today uh, because I I failed to connect the dots and I pride (laughs) myself on connecting all dots when there is an intriguing story like the Aaron Rodgers being potentially supplanted by Jordan Love, the idea that if the Packers had an owner, a real owner, a traditional owner, one person who calls the shots, that that owner would have said to Brian Gutekunst, the Packers GM, what in the hell are you doing when the proposal was made to trade up, give up a fourth-round pick to move up four spots and get Jordan Love at a time when Aaron Rodgers is still in the meat of a big-money contract? It's a brilliant observation. I feel bad that I didn't think of it. Congratulations, and let's talk about that some more. I mean, I'm fascinated by how that could have played out and would have played out. It's another reason why the Packers, look, there's good and there's bad. You could have a meddling owner that screws everything up, but sometimes it's good to have a meddling owner who keeps people from doing something they shouldn't do. Yes, Uh, you know, I think that's what good leadership does. You know, they can kind of just throw their two cents in there every now and then and go, Hey, it just seems to me just from the outside, you know, looking in or the 10,000 feet above type view that we should go in this direction. And, you know, in this type of conversation with the quarterback conversation, I think this is where owners come into play more than not. Uh, You know, they see the value in franchise type quarterbacks. They do. And, you know, you can just go through the test of time and look at special relationships between owners and franchise type quarterbacks you know it's it's tried and true no matter where you look at it whether you look at you know Elway and Bolin right or Dan Marino and Wayne Huizenga down in Miami all those years of course Peyton Manning and Ursay, Mr. Kraft and Tom Brady you know there's they realize the value that these guys have to their organization and how relevant they keep their organization and the money that flows in through them plus the confidence the team gets because these guys are in their locker room. So that to me is where the owner comes in a lot of the times and goes, oh, wait, 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 wait. What, Brian Gutenkus, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, but man, we got a quarterback right now that's just left the like, you know, edge of the prime of his career here. This doesn't make sense. I don't want to do this. I don't want to confuse things. I don't want to do this and, and throw our, you know, organization into turmoil, which it is now in Green Bay right now. And they don't have that. So that, that to me, is where an owner comes in, and they lack that in Green Bay. I mean, here's the first thing that an owner would have said to Brian Gutekunst when he proposed at some point the idea of trading up to get Jordan Love. Brian, you just came to me 20 months ago and made the case for giving Aaron Rodgers 
$57.5 million in exchange for signing his name to the bottom of a four-year extension. We have this guy under contract for four more years. We've been with this guy for 15 years. Now is not the time to get wobbly in our relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Now is not the time to have misgivings about whether or not he's being a little bit of a jerk. We've known that this is who he is from 2008 at the latest when he became the starting quarterback. And you take that with the, 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 the good. You take the, you take the whatever that is. I mean, look, it's human nature. Sometimes guys are sensitive. Sometimes they're prickly. Sometimes they can be hard to deal with. As long as they're great players, who cares? So now we're going to stir that pot up. We're going to make things worse with this guy. We're going to antagonize him when we've got him under contract for four more years. We've already made our commitment to Aaron Rodgers. We almost got to the Super Bowl last year. What in the hell are you thinking? No, you are not permitted to trade up and draft Jordan Love. And you know what? Maybe some owners would have said, okay. But I think plenty of owners would have said, you're just not doing that. Well, yeah, and I think it's one of those things, too. Once an owner calls a GM's bluff or has the conversation and you make the GM have to say these things out loud, all of a sudden it might not sound as good out loud as it was when it was stirring inside your brain where you're going to go, whoa, wait, am I really going to put my name to this and, like, stake my claim here? You know, so uh, I do. I think this would have been a much more talked-about type of issue within the organization if the owner was there. Instead, Gutenkust has all the power he wants and doesn't really have to involve the head coach or any of that. And I think you and I are hearing the same rumors that it, it doesn't sound like Matt LaFleur had any idea or was clamoring for Jordan Love in this draft pick. I, I think this is a total, you know, front office pick all the way. You know, and I'll, I'll say this too, Mike, just to further the conversation. You know, I can't remember... Uh, I read it over the weekend. I read so much stuff, and and I'm pretty sure I read it, you know, on on PFT, but just where Gutenkus kind of explained this is how he was brought up in the business, right? This is how Ron Wolf or Ted Thompson, I can't remember which one he said, had kind of taught him to, like, think for the future and all of that. And I'm, I'm for that. I get that. Thinking for the future is part of the GM's job. But times have changed a little bit. They have. You know, you don't have to think of the future when your quarterback's 35 or 36 anymore. No, not in the year 2020. You know, Aaron Rodgers has still got four or five at least good years left in him here to where he falls off the wagon and you still want to start thinking about that. So I think they jumped the shark a little bit in the, oh, we're worried about the future type process, let alone the optics of how they dug themselves into this corner of trading up for a guy not drafting any receivers at all during the rest of the draft. All of those things where I think an owner would have talked sense into him. One, I think the owner would have said, let's not take the quarterback in the first round. I think that's what he would have said. I, I think he would have been like, Look, we're like you said, we're really close. But two, I think the other thing an owner would have done is if the GM did take the quarterback, he would have been like, all right, now we got to make it up to our quarterback and give him the, a, a stud receiver in the second or third round. And it just is like none of those conversations happened. And uh, I'm still in disbelief about, about the draft in Green Bay. Well, if, if I'm the owner of the team and, and whatever team it would be, anybody who would be a fan of that team should be very happy. I'm not. But if, if the GM comes in and, and starts saying we need to draft a quarterback in round one because we need to be thinking of the future, I go back to the fact that 20 months ago 
We signed this guy. Why were we thinking about the future then? We did a four-year extension with two years left. Why in the hell did we do it? Why did we do it? Why didn't we do a two-year extension? Why in the hell have we given the guy so far, Chris, through the 2019 season, $81.9 million? They paid him $81.9 million for those two extra years as part of this extension. And the reason they gave him all that money up front is to have the ability to keep him for four more years beyond it. You don't give the guy over $40 million per year, nearly $41 million on average in 2018 and 2019, unless that is the down payment on having the rights to him four more years into the future. That's what makes this so ludicrous. And that's what makes it so... And just from a business standpoint, what the hell are they thinking? What and, the hell uh, are they thinking? And, Mike, and, and you're you right. Know- you're right. Jerry, would Jerry Jones have done, gone with this? Would Jimmy Haslam have gone with this? Would 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 Robert Kraft have gone with this? I, I, I just I have a hard time envisioning an owner reconciling the contract they gave Aaron Rodgers with this idea of right now, with four years left of a relationship with Aaron Rodgers, making the move to draft his potential replacement. Yeah, well, and Mike, to even get into it even more, I think that's like, you know, crazy. We talk about the draft to improve your team. Oh, we have needs here. We need to fill it. Or, you know, we need a little bit more depth here overall. You know, again, you've said already, this is a team that's in the Super Bowl window. They have other needs on their roster. One of their biggest needs was not to, oh, we need to start worrying about replacing the best player on our team. That's, to me, the other insane thing about it. They address the need that's like four years down the road from now. What what do we address? Why are we addressing the MVP of our team? Why are we addressing that? That's what I would say. I mean, why are we addressing the guy who was in the conversation for one of the best players in the NFL last year? Really? Really? I did, That's where I just, I'm like, the more time goes on, the more like, mad sarcasm wants to come out of my mouth or I just I I just don't understand it the more time that goes by the dumber I think the draft was I got one more angle for you okay yeah. one guy that one guy who has not been mentioned in any of the conversations that I have seen or been involved with since Jordan Love was picked and since the Packers emerged from the 2020 draft with no receivers and that's team CEO Mark Murphy who is the closest thing to an owner that the Packers have. And he has gotten more involved. This was post-Ted Thompson. They did a redistribution. They hired Brian Gutekunst. But Mark Murphy took over the direct reporting relationship from the head coach. It's more of a, of a two towers now approach with Murphy in charge of everyone. Murphy had to be on board with this, Chris. And it makes me wonder whether or not Murphy has reached his lifetime saturation level with Aaron Rodgers, where 15 years of it is just enough. And maybe, look, I I doubt that Gutekunst did this without getting Mark Murphy's blessing. And I'm speculating here that Murphy understands, understands the contract that they signed Aaron Rodgers to a couple of years ago, but is at the point where he, he he just can't do it anymore. He just... He's, he's ready to move on. He saw what happened with Aaron Rodgers and with, 
with Mike McCarthy, and now he's seeing some early signs of it now between Gutekunst and the floor and Rodgers, and, and we just we have to empower our coach and our GM. We can't have this much power in the hands of a quarterback, and it's only going to get worse, not better. I don't know. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to glean yeah. whatever Murphy's role would have been and why he would have wanted to do this, and it doesn't make sense. I'm trying to paint all this in the best light possible for Mark Murphy, and it makes no sense even when I try no. to do that. I don't know no, why yeah. they chose to agitate the guy that they have given $82 million to over the last two seasons for the benefit of keeping him for four more years. Now that's trashed. I'm telling you, Chris, as we talked about during the show today, I think it's one more year, and then they're going to take that salary cap hit because it's a lower cap hit than what it would be to have him on the team, and they save $22 million, and they get better value for him after 2020 than they would if they wait until after 2021 to trade him. I think he's one year, and he's going to be traded somewhere, whether it's the Raiders, whether it's the 49ers, whether it's any other team other than the team in the NFC North, like they did 12 years ago with Brett Favre, I think he's going to be traded after this season. I don't think it's a crazy thought, Mike. I don't, you know, I mean, listen, I think the whole thing is crazy. Okay. But at this point now, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if Aaron Rodgers goes out and throws for 35 touchdowns and five interceptions and he just goes, eh, see you later. Put trade me. You got Jordan Love. See ya. I want out of here. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be mad at him if he did it, you know? And look, like, Mike, I, I, I got great respect for Mark Murphy and Goody. I mean, gosh, how much fun have we had with Goody over the years where, you know, I'm always like, yeah, Goody, you the man. And this is just one I just, I don't agree with. I don't agree with the approach at all. And to the fact of, it just seems like the season ended off in such a positive way between LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. You know, even after the NFC Championship game, it just seemed like Aaron Rodgers was so upbeat and so happy about how the year went. And he was so excited about the prospects of the future with Matt LaFleur and all those things. And that's been all upset now. And, you know, I, I think more than likely, and I, I'm going to try to make a few calls too, where, it, you know, the more and more we get down the road here, it just doesn't seem like Matt LaFleur was signed on for this. He didn't want to do this. This was not his draft pick. So now you're going to make yo, your second-year head coach who just got things going in the right way with the quarterback. You're going to have to deal. He's going to deal with this screwball and having to balance the quarterback room and answer these questions every day. So that, that's just, to me, as an overall organization, it just was more bad than good to me uh, for at least now and into next year. And, and that ends up raising questions potentially between LaFleur and Gutekunst and whether or not Mark Murphy needs to maybe clunk heads together like Mo Howard to get them on the same page. So uh, I, I still think that Gutekunst is is trying to take some of the heat off of LaFleur by taking the blame for what happened. Uh, so so there is a chance to, to repair or at least manage that relationship between Rodgers and LaFleur. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. But let's let's spin this forward before we go. Because I was on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh on Friday, and they asked me about Rodgers' next destination if he leaves Green Bay. And the first team I thought of was the Raiders. Raiders first and Steelers second if he stays two more years in Green Bay. One more year, I think I take the Steelers off the list because Roethlisberger will be in Pittsburgh two more seasons. But let's assume it's one year. One year with Rodgers in Green Bay. Where does he get traded to next year? My first pick would be the Raiders. What's yours? Oh, that's a good one. It certainly is. I mean, you know, Pittsburgh's interesting conversation, too. The other one I thought about was, you know, if the Jared Stidham thing did not work in New England, I mean, we know the affection. Yeah, we know the affection Bill Belichick has for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you know, again, people just got to go back and watch, like, his his Monday or or Wednesday press conferences when Green Bay plays New England and hear Belichick gush about Aaron Rodgers. So that's one that jumps out to me, Mike. I'm just looking through here just to look if there's anybody else, just because you kind of caught me off guard, if there's anybody else that jumps out to me. Um, But I think that you kind of hit the big names there. You know, I don't know if Jacksonville would suit that fancy. Maybe. Right, right. How about the Colts? From Phillip Rivers to Aaron Rodgers, while you continue to wait for that next Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck to land in your lap. Right. You know, and they, they drafted the Jacob Eason kid from Washington who's got some talent and is raw and not the kind of guy, yeah, I, like like you're saying, like I don't think he's ready to take over like two years from now or anything like that. Yeah, I think that could be a possibility. If Phillip Rivers, you know, has a solid year, but it's still just not good enough, the Colts, I think, are going to be one of those teams that will go into a 21 21- 2021 season and still go, man, our roster is still good. And we got a lot of young guys and a lot of key places here. Do we really want to do the draft, the quarterback kind of like, you know, put on the training wheels type of thing, or do we want to go with another veteran guy who we know is playing at a higher level than Phillip Rivers that we just signed here and Aaron Rodgers and go with it. I wouldn't be shocked. I, I don't think it's a crazy thought at all. What if Sam Darnold just doesn't, get to where he needs to be this year. What about the Jets as a possibility? Just like I, I, just like the Brett Favre path. The exact I know, same, right? The exact same team to which Favre was traded is where Rodgers could be traded. Uh, you know, I, I, again, I think, you know, with Sam Darnold being the number three pick of the draft, I, I don't think they're going to be wanting to give up on that experiment quite yet. But, you know, just like we saw this year with Jimmy Garoppolo and Tom Brady, I don't care who you are. When Aaron Rodgers comes on the market and you start talking about him, if you're not a quarterback that's won a lot of playoff games or maybe been to a Super Bowl, you can be replaced by a guy like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. So it's not crazy. And and I don't think it's that crazy to think of San Francisco. If they were thinking about Tom Brady this year, why wouldn't they, if they didn't win the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo next year, not dangle in the conversation of, whoa, we can get Aaron Rodgers? Maybe we should do that. So I don't think that's a crazy thought either. Maybe this number 12 gets to go back home to the Bay Area, uh, unlike the other number 12 that didn't get to go to, I, the, I would, home I wouldn't, to the Bay if Area. I'm the Packers, if I'm the Packers, I'm not trading him there. I'm getting him out of yeah, the conference. Right. I'm definitely not trading him to the 49ers. 
Um, one more team. One more team. Yeah. We right. talked about this team during the show today in the backup quarterback draft. You've got a guy who was an assistant in Minnesota for the entirety of Aaron Rodgers' career as a starter. Kevin Stefanski joined the Vikings in 2006 and was there through 2019. He has seen up close twice a year and one time three times in a year what Aaron Rodgers can do if Baker Mayfield doesn't get it done this year. If they're on the fence about him and you're not talking about I mean, you just tell him, hey, you're sorry, you're the backup for the fourth year of your contract. We're not going to pick up your option. You go to be number two behind Aaron Rodgers and tough, deal with it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a Cleveland Brown. That would be something. What? I mean, I might have to get a a Cleveland Browns tattoo or something. If they had Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and Odell Beckham Jr. on the same team, Wait a minute. you know that would be my favorite team in football. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think we're on to something. Are you saying that if the Browns trade for Aaron Rodgers next year, you will get a Cleveland Browns tattoo? They did employ the big effort at one point, even though it wasn't for very long. <laughs> they did. You're right. I would or think almost about it. did. Almost did. We had the jersey. I got the jersey with his name on That's the back it of it. And then... He went there, the, the big effort went there, and Bill Belichick had to tell him that, and, and I don't think Belichick realized this until my dad got in the building, but Art Modell came down to tell Belichick, like, hey, we're broke, and the money you promised Phil Sims, we can't pay him. We can only pay him the minimum. I have no money, because that was the year before they moved to Baltimore, uh, Baltimore of course. But uh, I, I would seriously think about it. Oh, my gosh, Aaron Rodgers and OBJ and Cleveland – that would be amazing. Well, uh, plenty of things to look forward to if it does implode for Rodgers and the Packers. And we know he's smart enough to have already pulled out the chart of all the teams, Chris, and started circling the places where maybe he would like to go next year because it can happen next year. Don't buy the idea that they're forced to stay together for two more years. I think after this year, it's going to end. All right, we are going to end on that note. Chris, great stuff as always. Again, Congratulations on thinking of the Packers not having an owner angle. I'm still a little pissed off about that. And, uh, go, <laughs> I and learned spend, from you. Spend May the 4th learning more Star Wars character names. Uh, yeah, there will be a best. quiz potentially tomorrow. All right. See you, buddy. Okay. See you, man. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.